When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Today on the show, we're talking about fatherhood and what that means when you're a god. Welcome to Lore Party, the podcast that explores the stories, characters, and universes behind some of our favorite video games. I'm Bruce Walton. And I'm Abu. And today we're talking about fatherhood uh, in the God of War series. Yeah, absolutely. I'm stoked that we're finally getting around to talking about one of the best games of 2018. And I would honestly say a masterpiece in every sense of the word. Oh, I would have to put it there right there on the like top five best games to come out this year. It's just such a beautiful game and a breath of fresh air in a very interesting franchise that the direction it's chosen. Yeah, and what's interesting is you actually haven't played the originals, right? Yeah, I I never actually grew up on uh, the God of War original trilogy. Actually, when I was growing up, I really didn't like the God of War trilogy and the God of War games because mostly it was just, it looked to me like some testosterone-fueled power fantasy where you just do gratuitous violence. <laughs> That's what it violence. was, Bruce. <laughs> yeah, like, I mean, I, I, I'm not wrong, uh, but <laughs> it, it was just not something that really spoke to me. What then drew you to this latest God of War entry? Oh, it was the complete tonal shift. I was very kind of on the fence about even buying this game. But then I just saw, first of all, just the beautiful landscape. And what really changed me for everything was seeing Kratos after who knows how long since the last game, just looking like a father, like a real person. Yeah, and that's mainly what we wanted to focus on on today's episode. Kratos as a father, how that relationship evolves, how Kratos grows and learns throughout the journey, and how Atreus also grows and learns throughout the journey that they go on together. So what we did actually is we chose three pivotal moments in the story that really showcase that relationship and how it grows and evolves as the two main characters in our story learn from each other, from their experiences on the journey, and from the people they meet. At the start of the game, it's pretty clear-cut what the relationship is like. The bond is pretty cold and a little distant, and it's obvious that Atreus had a much, much better relationship with Faye, with his mother, than he did with Kratos. And as we learn in the opening segments of the game, Kratos wasn't that involved with Atreus's upbringing. A lot of what Atreus knows and a lot of what Atreus learned growing up he picked up from his mother. And now it's Kratos' turn to teach his son what he knows. But sometimes Kratos doesn't have that same confidence that he had when he was younger. He sometimes laments even to himself or talking to his dead wife, lamenting about how he feels like he's not ready, how he feels that his son isn't ready to have this great responsibility thrust upon them together because of their estrangeness to each other. Yeah, I actually love that you bring up the fact that Kratos very explicitly states at the start of the game that he doesn't think that he can do this without Faye, that he doesn't think Atreus is ready, 
and that he's ready to take this journey. Faye, what do I do? Our son is not ready to carry your ashes to the top of the mountain. But I think another important part of that quote, and that quote takes place right after Balder attacks Kratos. He says out loud to himself, Faye, I don't think I can do this without you. And I think there's some double meaning there. One, of course, he's talking about this journey existing in the world without Faye. He's grieving the loss of his wife and the woman that he loved and the woman that ostensibly changed him for the better. But at the same time, I think he's also talking about Atreus. He's talking about raising Atreus. He's talking about being a father. I think Kratos at the start of the game is absolutely terrified with the burden of fatherhood and is terrified of raising Atreus. He cannot do it without Faye, and that scares him. This is also a side of Kratos that we have very rarely seen. Here, we see a much more reserved and quiet Kratos, quietly lamenting about this, talking to himself like an old man would. Um... It's just a much more real sadness that is something that a man who has calmed down starts to show. And it's really interesting to see him kind of act like that. You're right. This is the first time we get true insight into the insecurities of a god, into the insecurities of the god of war. And I think that ties really well into the first moment that we had picked out from the story, the first pivotal moment. And it's the moment where he enters the light of Alfheim. Yes, when he enters the light, he does not just kind of bathe in the light. It takes him to almost a different plane of existence. He wanders through just empty fields and trails, and he feels so much closer to his dead wife. Uh, And to him, it only feels like moments as he's trying to chase this light and this voice. He's trying to just get some semblance of closure. Yeah, I mean, when he gets sucked into the light of Alfheim, he's in this sort of timeless place. We see the past, the present, the future, flashes of the future, all sort of like meld together. I actually wanted to discuss one of the scenes that plays out when Kratos is inside the light of Alfheim. We saw what Atreus thought of his mother's death, and we saw that the boy was grieving, and we heard him speak to his dead mother and wish that it had been Kratos, that his mom was here and that Kratos was the one that had died. Can you imagine as a father hearing that? It was not something that Kratos probably wanted to hear. No, not at all. But I do want to point out that in that same sequence, we do get a beautiful moment of just innocent childlike acceptance from Atreus when he says, if he tries, I'll try. Except, I don't mean that. You know I love her. I just wish he was better. I know he can be. So if he tries, I'll try. 
he wants to try and have that relationship with his father. He's just worried that his father is so distant, so cold, that they won't be able to form a bond. But he's willing to try. And I think that really sets the motivations for Kratos going forward in this journey. He realizes that he can have this relationship with his son. He just needs to try. Atreus doesn't hate Kratos. He loves him dearly, as you would your father. But it obviously shows that they had some problems. But there's not malice or hatred or vengeance in either of their hearts. Yeah, and I think it takes the light of Alfheim to really show us as the gamers that, but more importantly, to show Kratos that. Unfortunately, we are thrust back into Alfheim once he is grabbed through the light, <laughs> as he is basically scolded by his own son, yep. whom he almost yells at and then sees the cacophony of corpses from the Dark the Elves. piles of dead bodies. Ugh. Oh, it was just, it, he was, I mean... If it weren't for the fact that they were in a fight, I think Kratos would have like had a tear in his eye from just the amount of carnage that his son had caused. Yeah, and the relationship definitely gets rockier from there. I mean, Atreus is rightfully angry at his father. He's also scared. He told his father not to ever leave him alone. And look what Kratos does. He jumps into this light. He disappears for God knows how long. And Atreus is left alone and doesn't know if and when his father's coming back. That's terrifying for a boy that just lost his mother. Especially when you're in a war zone. Like, this is not just like some temple. He left him alone to fend for himself in what would essentially be like the trenches in World War II. But Atreus proves to be his father's son by just, I mean, when his back's against a wall, he really does know how to fight. Yeah, he survives. He does what he needs to. And so after that, they kind of try and make their way out of the center of Alfheim's um, kind of light temple. And we see that this is not something that is going to be mended quickly or easily. Atreus is definitely a lot more ornery and angry at his father. Yeah, I mean, he, he definitely gets pretty sassy at some points throughout the temple as well. But that really comes to a head when the two exit the temple get back into the boat and begin rowing back towards the bridge to leave Alfheim. This again is a beautiful scene because it just kind of shows Kratos' willingness to open up to his son. Exactly. And I think the only reason that willingness exists, the only reason that Kratos decides to open up in this scene in the boat, is because of what he saw in the light of Alfheim. Because at this point in the story, Atreus thinks his father doesn't miss Faye and really lashes out at him and accuses Kratos of not missing his mother, and Kratos has the best response. So? Was she my wife? Who? You know. Oh, she was not there. Not like you would even care if she was. Mind your tongue, boy! Until our journey is over, one of us must remain focused. Do not mistake my silence for lack of grief. Mourn how you wish. Leave me to my own. I'm sorry. I didn't realize. No. Why would you? You do not know my ways. I know it has not been easy. 
And it really is just a beautiful moment between a father and son where there was a lot of tension from the beginning of the game to that point. They hadn't really discussed how they felt about their mother leaving them, not to each other. Exactly. They finally confront how the other is feeling about losing such an important figure in both of their lives. This is really a, a growth moment for both of our main characters. Kratos learns to open up and Atreus learns to stay focused and to control his grief. Absolutely. And so we kind of continue from there for them to be able to get through the large, uh, thick black smoke on the mountain to climb up to try to get to the peak there. And that leads us to the second pivotal moment that we wanted to discuss on today's episode. The moment that Atreus falls sick. Yes, and since the beginning of this game, we see that Atreus is somewhat afflicted with uh, a nondescript illness. They don't really say what it is. Obviously, it's also in ancient times, so maybe they don't even know what to even call it. But sometimes he just coughs up blood. And it is actually some of the reason why Atreus was seemed not ready to leave their little uh, home and be able to even go on that adventure. Yeah, it's a sickness that's been hinted at since the start of the game, and it finally comes to a head in the temple when Modi, seeking revenge for the death of his brother, attacks the pair and insults Atreus' mother, which sends him into a rage, which looks an awful lot like Spartan rage. <laughs> which, I mean, obviously the apple does not fall far from the tree, and we... Uh... You know, we know that he kind of has those capabilities, but he doesn't. Exactly. And that's the important part. He doesn't realize he's a god. So whenever those powers flare up, he gets sick. And in this instance, he completely passes out. And we have no idea whether he died, whether he passed out, what happened. Because we don't know what the sickness is up to this point. We see one of the most powerful scenes that lasts for, oh God, just... Way too long. Um, way too long. Way too uh, long. I, my heart was <laughs> pounding during this entire scene. Kratos picks up his son's just lifeless body that has pretty much almost gone into some sort of coma. And he slowly, you know, carefully puts him on a boat and throws it back to the wild witch who we know is uh, Freya, uh, the goddess and former wife of Odin. And we see that he just breaks down he bangs on the door he's calling out props to the voice actor in this scene but you can just hear the desperation in kratos's voice when he's banging on the door over and over calling out for freya begging for help it just i like i'm i'm gonna tear up just thinking about it inside it really is a powerful scene, and it shows that he really does love his son. But more than that, he doesn't want to lose the only family that he has left. He has only his son. There is no one else in this world he would live for. He could not even start again if he could. And can you imagine being the god of war, being somebody who wiped out a pantheon of gods, of some of the strongest beings in the universe, and feeling completely helpless, completely powerless when it comes to the one other person in the world that you care about more than yourself, your son. It's just such a heart-wrenching scene and one of my favorite moments in the game. You see the God of War quite literally brought to his knees begging for help because he does not want to lose his son. This is no ordinary illness. The boy's true nature, your true nature fights within him.
him. Will you help me? Thankfully, Freya does accept his begging and pleading for help and tells him that Atreus's illness is caused by his inner battle between his mortal side and his immortal side. He needs to know the truth. At this point, Kratos has never told his son about his lineage, about how he is a god. Yeah, I mean, Kratos has his reasons, whether they're right or wrong, for keeping this a secret from Atreus. But at this point, at this moment in time, it might take the life of his son, and Kratos is going to have to reevaluate those reasons. But he's going to have plenty of time to do that because Freya tells him he's literally has to go to hell and back to save the life of his son. And, <laughs> you know, Kratos being Kratos, he does exactly that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so he, I mean, it, okay. First of all, it is still one of the coolest things where he has to go back home, which also is probably a very powerful, just kind of wordless scene where he has to ride in a boat and we see that the clouds uh, start to kind of gather and thunder and he kind of sits in silence thinking about what he has to do and what he has to get through. And we see him go back home and dig up a relic from his past. Yes, one of the most iconic relics of his past. The Blades of Chaos. Ah, such an amazing moment. Oh and my God. I was lucky enough to not have that moment spoiled for me. So I was completely blown away. I had no idea where we were headed. I had no idea why I was seeing flashbacks of Athena. And then we dug up the Blades of Chaos and it all clicked into place. I do want to point out how beautiful it is that this is the first time in the game that Kratos' past is directly being addressed that we're actually seeing it come up, both in the form of Athena and in the form of the story, because now Kratos has to quite literally dig up his past and he needs to address it. He needs to address it with his son. He needs to address it with himself. And that's such a great connection between that and such great directing and visuals to show that he's wrestling physically and mentally with his past. And he's having to do this for his son. And then he takes that and he goes to Helheim or hell and he literally like you said goes to hell and back for his son yeah it really takes the near death of his son for him to confront his past that he's clearly had buried that he's clearly hidden for many many years it takes the near death of Atreus to make him confront that to use those old weapons of destruction go to hell come back with the guardian's heart and resurrect his son and then we see one of the most important. I know I keep saying that there are a lot of great scenes. The all right, there are, there are a lot, there are yeah exactly there are a lot of great scenes. They're amazing, but this one is so pivotal. It's the moment where Kratos finally, after all this time of hiding it, after all these years of hiding it, tells Atreus his true nature. You said I was cursed. You think I'm weak because I'm not like you. I know I was never what you wanted. After all this, I thought maybe things were different. You do not know everything, boy. No. But at least I know the truth now. The truth? The truth. I'm a god, boy. From another land far from here. 
time I came to these shores, I chose to live as a man. But the truth is, I was born a god, and so were you. Now, this is technically only a half-truth. He yeah, did tell his yeah. son that he was a god, and that Atreus is a god, too. What he didn't tell him was a very important thing, was that Kratos killed his father, too. You're absolutely right, though. This is definitely a half-truth. Kratos opens up and tells Atreus about his true nature, but he sort of fails to mention some of the things that he's done with his own godhood. And the part that I found extremely interesting is Kratos also justifies why he hid it from Atreus. He makes it very clear that to him, godhood is a lifetime of tragedy. And he hoped to spare Atreus from that because that's the only type of godhood that Kratos has ever experienced. Bloodshed and violence and betrayal. And he had hoped, like all parents do, to protect his son from some of the dark things that he's seen in his life. In some ways, although it's kind of weird to say it, Kratos was being a helicopter parent. He was just (laughs) trying to make sure that his son was nice and safe in his little bubble. But obviously his son was coming to terms and coming to age where he had to be able to make that decision on his own. He couldn't have his father just make sure that he didn't know about his own destiny and his own lineage. What we see next is honestly one of the most terrifying parts of God of War. And it's what Atreus does with his newfound knowledge, his newfound understanding of who he is, of himself, and what he can do. We start to sort of see Kratos lose control of his son. And no moment in the story shows that more powerfully than when Atreus murders Modi, when they come across a broken, beaten Modi, and Atreus kills him. Yeah, seeing your child just kind of go off the rails like this is one of a parent's worst nightmares. And as a father and what he's been through, Kratos hates the way his son is reacting um, later into their adventure knowing that he's a god he feels like he is now spoiled and that he is not without any kind of restraint um he even kind of scoffs at his mother's ashes saying that you know she's not a god atreus gets a big head he realizes he's a god he starts to believe himself above others and he starts to see people that are quote-unquote smaller than him or weaker than him as beneath him and not worth his time or effort Yes, it's a very tragic scene where we see that Atreus kind of reaches the height of his arrogance and um, just lust for power and malice and bloodlust. And we see him kill a broken Modi who himself was beaten to a pulp by his father, Thor. Yeah, and what's especially important is what Atreus says in this moment. He looks at Kratos and Kratos very clearly, very gravely says no he's not worth killing he's injured this is not the path you want to go down and what he's implicitly stating there is i've gone down this path and i know where it ends i'm trying to protect you from it atreus doesn't listen he gets provoked by modi and he attacks modi and the panic that we hear in kratos's response after that is so powerful no he is beaten Not worth killing. He should pay for what he said about Mother. I said no. But we're gods. We can do whatever we want. (laughs) 
That's what I said to your mother right before I gave it to her. What are you doing? This is a much better knife than mother's. You killed against my wishes. You lost control. Haven't you been teaching me to kill? I've been teaching you to survive. We are gods, boy. And that makes us a target. From now until the end of days, you are marked. So I teach you to kill, yes. But in defense of yourself. Never as an indulgence. Nobody cared about him anyways. What's the difference? There are consequences to killing a god! Why? How do you know? How do you know? Watch your tone, boy. Whatever. This is something that I really kind of love about this scene is just the amount of fear that he did not want to see this happen to Atreus because he saw so much of Atreus in himself at that point. I have always wanted to be a father and I still look forward to that day. And one of my biggest fears is that my son turns out too much to be me because there were some moments in my life that I did not like about myself, that I made really stupid decisions because of who I was. And there were some parts of just, you know, my condition and growing up that I really didn't like and that were very tough and hard for me to go through. Absolutely. I think I think every father goes through that. I think every parent in general, I mean, Freya went through that as well. Mothers, fathers, parents in general go through this fear of watching their children make the same mistakes that they made, making the same mistakes that you know will be painful. But these are lessons that the kids have to go through. And it's all about striking this balance between being protective and teaching your children the lessons from your mistakes and from your past, but at the same time, realizing that your children also need to make some of these mistakes in their own way or they will never learn. And then we also see here a very important part where they get to the top of the mountain in Midgard to try and get to the gate to Jotunheim where they fight Balder again. And at this point, Atreus wants to fight. Kratos tells him, don't do that. No, we're not doing this. And he like pushes him back. He says like, I didn't mean to do that. And then before he can even get that out of his mouth, his son Shoots him with an arrow. Shoots him! I was so mad during this scene. How dare you shoot me, Atreus? I, I felt so betrayed. It was a very powerful scene, and I think the height of it. And then the coolest, most amazing chase scene I have ever seen on top of an armored dragon falling <laughs> hundreds of feet into a, a giant gate that takes you to another dimension and then them being flung through time and space and then falling into hell. Like, God, that is the coolest thing. It sounds like lyrics to a, a fucking Van Halen song. <laughs> and this is the moment where we get quite... Honestly, the most dad and the most parenting moment from Kratos in the entire game. You will listen to me and not speak a word. I am your father, and you, boy, are not yourself. You are too quick to temper. You are rash, insubordinate, and out of control. This will not stand. 
You will honor your mother and abandon this path you have chosen. It is not too late. This discussion is far from over. We are here because of you, boy. Never forget that. I think we have all who have grown up with a father know exactly that conversation. Yes, every dad, every parent, I would say, has given that exact speech to their child at some point in their lives. Yeah, and it's the same reaction, just dead silence and shame. Dead silence and shame, exactly. Like, I remember getting that speech from my parents, and there's nothing you can say to that. But then what adds insult to injury to all of this is that because they're in hell and they kind of like replay like the worst moments in your life, it shows what happened just maybe like an hour ago where Atreus stabs Modi. And, you know, it it just shows like this ghostly projection of Atreus and Modi uh, and showing the act that he did. And Atreus truly sees from the outside what he was truly acting like, and he did not like it. Yeah, that's the moment where Atreus really learns from his mistakes. And it's the moment where Kratos gains back control of his son and where Atreus grows as a young, newly minted god. He realizes that he has the power to do whatever he wants, but that doesn't mean he gets to do whatever he wants. Yes, and then they are able to kind of come together with a much better synergy, a much better relationship, having gone through the worst parts of this adventure. But it's not over yet. Because we still got to fight Balder. And that is one hell of a fight. What a great scene. And also with Freya coming out of nowhere trying to protect her son to her last breath. Incredible. I loved how Kratos and Atreus were completely trusting each other during this fight. Kratos was not being overprotective of his son, while at the same time, Atreus, having learned all these lessons throughout the game from his father on how to control his rage, on how to focus, on how to keep his grief at bay, all of that comes to fruition in their final fight against Baldur. And we see how far these two characters have come from the beginning of the game. And at the end, we see that Baldur is weakened. He is almost ready to be killed. But instead, Atreus kind of echoes his father in saying, he is not a threat. He is weakened. And Kratos takes that to heart and he chooses not to. But he warns Baldur, if you go against my wishes, if you harm your mother, like I know you want to, I will be forced to kill you. And that's exactly what happens. Yes. I like what Kratos says here, but it almost is so empty. But he tries to hold Baldur, puts him there. The curse is broken and he can be killed. And then he says, we are ending the cycle. We There will be no more sons killing their parents. And then he kills him. Yeah. I mean, this is the moment where Atreus sort of realizes what Kratos meant earlier in the game when he said godhood is just a lifetime of tragedy. He sees the pain that Freya and Baldur both went through and what that resulted in. It resulted in bloodshed and death. And Atreus looks to his father and he says, is this what being a god is? Is this what our lives are going to be? And in one of the most beautiful moments in the game, Kratos turns to his son and he says, no. Is this what it is to be a god? Is this what it always ends? Sons killing their mothers? Their fathers? No. We will be the gods. 
gods we choose to be. Not those who have been. Who I was is not who you be. We must be better. I love this because it's also showing that he does not only want his son to be better, but he wants himself to be better. And he yes. cannot have his son be better until he is also better. The only way to break this cycle is to be a better person. And we've seen that Kratos... To be a better god. To be a better god. Exactly, yes. And we see that he has tried to be a better person and a better god when he has kind of left Greece and tried to live his new life. But it was more of a kind of a stubborn neutrality. Here, he is not only showing his son how to survive, but he's doing something that he never thought he would, embrace his own destiny of being a god of having that power and sharing that power with his son yeah if there's one thing this game tells us it's that in order for kratos to be a better god and a better person he needs to be a better father and ultimately i think that's the takeaway from this game anyone can be a good father to their children they just have to be willing to try just like atreus said in the light of alfheim if he's willing to try i will too and i think that's one of the most beautiful themes in this game. It really is. And a little bonus thing here and me opening up a little. I really love this game, not just for its amazing story, uh, its great character development, beautiful gameplay, awesome combat, but more so because I really related to this relationship between Kratos and his son. My dad and I, I've grown up with my dad. I love my dad. But when I was a little kid, I did not have the best relationship with him. My father was very strict. He had had a very hard life before settling down, settling down with my mother. And it definitely showed he is a hardened, stubborn man um, who was very old fashioned and very strict. But as I saw, he wanted me to be better than him. He made me who I am today through a lot of effort. And I wasn't always appreciative of that. And there were times where I lashed out. There were times where we did not connect and where I connected more with my mother. I love this game because it's such a beautiful mirror into my own childhood and my own uh, window of growing up with my father um, that I really, really enjoyed. I can definitely empathize with that. I mean, I had a very similar, similar upbringing. It sounds like both of our fathers would really get along, both very <laughs> hardened men both had rough childhoods growing up. They fought for what they had in life and they fought to keep it. And they tried to pass down their lessons to their own sons. And sometimes communication was difficult for them. Sometimes communication was difficult for me with my dad as well. Similar to you, I also did not have the greatest of relationships with my dad growing up. But as an adult, I'm finally beginning to see the world from his perspective and some of the fears that maybe he had when he was trying to raise me and what God of War did and what Kratos showed me was the world from my dad's point of view. I mean, my dad has straight up said word for word, don't be sorry, be better. Oh, And that's one of the first every things time. Kratos says to Atreus. Every time. And I knew, and that was the moment that I knew this game was for me. This game was going to hit way too close to home. And it did. Boy, it did. <laughs> Man, I got to call my dad after this. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
that about wraps it up. We hope you enjoyed this episode, and if you did, maybe take a second to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. It really helps us grow the show. And be sure to connect with us on Instagram and Twitter at lore underscore party. We also have a subreddit at r slash lore party where you can join in on the discussions. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.